Welcome to the Nurture Hub Pregnancy and Birth Podcast with your hosts, Shari Lyon and Nicola Lay. Together, we bring over 30 years of experience in working with women and partners through education, breathing, mindfulness, and evidence-based information, and nurturing you through this transformation into motherhood. Join us on this journey as we connect with women and partners, mentoring, supporting, and navigating the ups and downs of becoming parents. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm so excited. Shari and I have got the beautiful Brad and Tabitha Fennell who are here today to talk all about the journey through pregnancy into birth and beyond and how it affects our relationships. Welcome. Thank you. So good to be here. And what an amazing, amazing topic. Yeah. Super incredible. So needed. Mm. And I just don't think it's talked about enough is that journey in our relationship through this time. So much change. So much change. So one of the biggest changes we'll ever have, we'll ever go through. And I was just saying it's like you're really birthing another you. You're birthing another aspect of your relationship, but your identity. And that change, particularly with that first child, it's like you go from not being a parent to being a parent so it's a yeah it's a birth of you as well not mm. just this little amazing beautiful being couldn't yeah. agree more could yeah. not agree more but it's it, it can it's not an easy transition into a new identity though, though. that's it can be that's very true. challenging um yeah. so having some tools beforehand which that's why I'm so excited to speak to you guys to give uh parents and couples or whoever it is that you know that that they're helping bring this baby into the world with, they can actually have some tools to understand how they can make the transition into this new identity as parents as seamless and easy or or at least give them some tools if they are feeling um, a bit stuck or mm. that they are losing that communication to help them through whatever it is they're going through. I love that you say that, Shari. And just as birth isn't always this absolutely clean pure <laughs> angelic thing either yes. this transition yeah. and can get messy get messy a little bit <laughs> yeah. and having some tools where yeah. you know we can deal with that and if it is a little messy for you that that's okay yeah. also yeah. that um there's some stuff we can do to help to guide the process that's trying to happen just yeah. like birth allowing and supporting that process to happen there's a process there's a birth going on inside of you and your relationship and you can have some tools to help you to kind of allow it to flow a little bit more in the direction that it wants to go. Mm-hmm. And so you guys have got three three beautiful boys, don't you? Yeah. We do. Yeah. Oh, and so <laughs> what a crazy journey. <laughs> so perhaps would you mind sharing what your what your experience has been as arriving into parents and becoming parents and what that was like then even coming into being the you know having the third child what was that like yeah well i think the first child was it did it was he was a disturber <laughs> <laughs> in our relationship and in in every area of our life actually but amazing he was i mean he's still he's 18 now and he still continually makes us grow and be better human beings so but for me personally I had um a little bit of um what do you call that postnatal depression Mm. so it was really big for me I didn't expect it I you know here I am a health practitioner I was very healthy and 
it was totally a shock actually mm. and it was it was because my identity of this career working woman had changed and had gone bam here I am at home with big boobs sore boobs and you know we didn't have many much family around um and at, th at that point I wasn't good at reaching out to people so and you were at work Brad had to pick up my practice and his practice so he was back into work after two weeks. So here I was at home with this baby going, oh my goodness. But luckily we had Chinese medicine and acupuncture on our side. So, and then we, I realized I had to reach out. I had to get my community, which I did have, but I needed to actually really reach out and go, I'm suffering here, I need some help. So that was motherhood where my sister gave and my uh, other sister-in-laws gave such a amazing look of what parenthood was about you know they were I don't know I'm going to call them natural mothers but that's not true they just didn't have my process um so I just thought it was going to be this easy 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 tool but then I luckily had a great therapist and Susan Hatch really helped us through my postnatal depression and it was about my huge big change of who I was and then all of a sudden bam and I was an older mum um so it was a bit of a shock in that way mm. so and it's it's really important, I think, for people hearing that, mm. that if it is a really easy transition, then good for you. I love that too. Yeah. But if it's not, that's okay. And we yeah. and so often when I'm working with people, sometimes you feel like everybody else is doing it so well mm. and I'm yeah. not. Yes. And <laughs> why aren't I doing that? Yeah. And so I'm a little afraid to reach out and ask for help and know that, not everyone we don't always reveal all these parts of ourselves mm. and if you're not doing you know as well as you wanted to then that's okay there's a process there and there's something there's a birthing going on inside of you yeah and, what's and that was our biggest birth was to reach out to people because you were running around trying to do everything he was being practitioner he was washing nappies because back in the day we did cloth mm. nappies um makes it sound really old doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> No, little, little. Um, so you were doing everything. So it was Bradley's process also to reach out to your family and friends to go. We need some help here. You know what? Can, how can you be supported as the man trying to do everything as well? It doesn't doesn't work when you're in this tiny little bubble and everyone, both of us, were trying to do everything. It's it like that old saying: it takes a tribe to raise children. So and that's gather a, your tribe early. You yeah, know? and that's a big part of relationships because you can't be everything. We yeah. feel like you know traditionally, mm. if times were tough, if there wasn't enough fish, the whole community would experience that, and we wouldn't feel it in isolation. Yeah. Where now we hold hold it in this tiny little group, and we become each other's bankers and therapists and yeah. all these roles mm -hmm. and you can't hold it in that system it can't be done no. we need other people that can come in yeah. because everyone knows more of what's going on than we do like in a mm -hmm. sense when yeah. you're outside yeah. the system when you're outside yeah. the soup yeah. you can see what is actually what's a carrot and what's an onion <laughs> it's hard to see what the hell's going on totally so uh, I love that. I mean, the thing is, I think for me, when I first had my first little girl, um, 
I remember Anthony had to go before I'd even come out of hospital. He was gone, he had to work away and he was uncontactable for like 10 days. No family. And of course, being an stoic English person, there's no yes. way I was going to tell anybody that I, <laughs> uh, you know, emergency C-section too. So I came home, luckily had the baby that was right for me and she was just super easy but it was that thing of going to mother's group and everyone saying oh you know I slept right through last night I'm like what and inside yeah. thinking am I just like the only and everyone else is really young so I really really resonate with that Tabitha like 38 yeah. and looking yeah. around thinking you know this is crazy and I was in Mossman in Sydney so everyone brought their nannies <laughs> and they all had their hair done and they had their makeup yeah. on and I'd turn up in my scrags you know with vomit down the side of my t-shirt yeah. and I think the thing that really came to me was that Anthony would you know do the odd call and say to me you know well you know what to do don't you uh, no, I actually don't. Like, I don't know whether I'm meant to feed for this long or... And I yeah. think I found that that was really interesting, that just that resentment started to sort of ingrain in me from the very moment, going, wow, how does he get to be free? And I'm stuck with this beautiful baby and I'm so grateful for her, but I'm so lonely. I'm, like, so yeah. lonely, yeah. Totally. And I think that's really important for men. So often they think oh, a woman knows how to do it. Yeah. And actually the reason she grows into that is because she's had to. Mm. You know, she's had to have these experiences and learn. And for me, one of the blessings I had is I really took on the raising of the boys when they were really young. Yeah, yeah. And so I developed that relationship. He was better than it than me. Well, sometimes, (laughs) sometimes. They don't be crazy. sleep. Like yeah. those earlier days, you were great. You were just like, oh, well, let's try this. So that was relieving for me just to go, oh, okay, we'll do it this way then. Mm. Feedback awareness is a really important tool. Like, is it working? People will tell you, um, you know, do it this way. And yeah. that might work. And the, the suggestions are amazing. But yeah. the number one thing that we use when we're working with people mm. or anything is feedback. Yeah. And it's like, how do they respond? Yeah. Is it is it just something you have to work through? It doesn't mean it's always, oh, that was amazing. Sometimes it's challenging, but just watching the feedback. Mm. How does the baby respond? Yeah. Do I work in this way? And then men can start to take some of that responsibility as well and really develop that relationship. And the greatest gift you can give to a new mum is a little time so she can go have a sleep or have some time out for her Mm. and for a moment not be consumed. And we love this and this new being comes along and we want to give, we're Mm. called to give, Mm. but we just physically cannot give. We all know that's a great theory that you can give and give and give. I mean, we've all tried it. Yeah, for so long. For so long. <laughs> and then, and then it flat. doesn't work. And our <laughs> feedback goes like, well, this isn't really working. Yeah. So one of the greatest gifts you can give is the gift of time. If you can take yeah. for a moment Mm-mm. the baby away. Yes. And in a way that the mother feels comfortable wherever yeah. that is. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And often that's not like in the house because it's too close. The field's too strong and mum feels that and, and can't relax. Yeah. But where you're comfortable, maybe it's outside. You go for yeah. a little walk. Mm-hmm. You know, you go on bond and you have that experience. Yeah. And it's, yeah. A really, it's a really powerful tool, the gift 
of time in those early yeah. days because everyone's small fatigued. Small amounts, regular small amounts. Mm. So mm. what kind of advice could you give a, a couple expecting a baby? What kind of conversation should they be having having now even before they've had the baby when they are not so sleep deprived or emotional or, you know, what can they do now in preparation for that time and really kind of getting ready and understanding that this could be a challenge how can we as a couple and new parents be able to cope through that if we if that's the experience that we we go through what conversations that can they have now i think start practicing meaning mm, yeah. start practicing giving generously to each other yeah like before yeah. it happens before mm. signals escalate signals get bigger yeah and sometimes it's really hard to one receive yes. and also to give mm. and to say what is it that you need yeah like start finding that start mm. finding out what mm. it is you both need how in relationship yeah. do we give to that that to each other mm. how do we give lovingly of mm-hmm. what you need and generously yeah. and start having that conversation yeah. right now when yes. when you're pregnant it is such a sacred time and often in our culture it's not given enough sacredness yeah definitely we we <laughs> in chinese medicine always the last four weeks i often see women who are and we're living in an amazing time thank god women are really powering <laughs> and being successful and i yeah. love this it's exactly yeah. what needs to happen mm. But also sometimes they forget there's this transition that happens, particularly around that last four to six weeks where Mm -hmm. you don't want to go out and and hunt anymore. You want to go more in. Mm -hmm. And it's something Mm -hmm. we really encourage people the last four weeks, drop more in. And so we recommend acupuncture once a week for the last four weeks, but dropping in. So it's already starting before you have the baby the process is already occurring yeah and so start noticing yourself your own signals what is it that you need yeah and what does your partner need start having that conversation together to Mm. because you know I could think of what you may need but really it might be totally wrong (laughs) so really sit down and knuckle out when this baby comes along along what are we going to need from each other Mm. you know what will I need to keep sane (laughs) what will you need to keep happy and sane how will we keep connected you know if it's date nights or time together or time apart what is it we're going to need and time is such a big one we've spoken about this before yes where you know one of the it's such a huge thing that I work with because it creates this inner resentment and mm. it's like well I'm not getting any time and you're not getting any yes, time yes. and why should you get time if I'm not getting time and I don't <laughs> feel like I can take time yes. because you're not getting any time so yeah, and yeah. that was something for us it's like initially for me personally it was sometimes hard for me to take time for myself because you were that was my edge to really learn and go this is important yes and so I think if you can start having those conversations it's difficult because none of us really know until we're in the game yeah but starting to notice your own needs, working on yourself always, whether you're having a baby, you're pregnant, you're a partner, you're not like working on your work. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I love that so much. I'm a really good therapist, (laughs) (laughs) you know. I think every person that gets married, they should all have someone outside of their, their little 
wrap of who they are to help them guide through these different areas yeah work yeah. with us there's always a process mm. that's trying to happen there's mm. something going on mm. we we call it the dreaming there's a dreaming that's going yeah. on and we yeah. call it a dreaming because it's a little less known mm. and your normal identity says do it this way but it's yeah. not quite working and there's this other part that's calling you yeah. and so exploring that is really helpful yeah. is really healing and knowing your myth together I think that's a big one too. That can really support you through so many different areas in your life. So knowing why you're together, why there's that connection and what you're learning from each other and how to grow individually, but together, that can really help couples through lots of uh, different scenarios through life too, which we also do. Mm, and this is really important because knowing your, your kind of your individual myth, why yes. the hell am I here? What yeah. am I doing yeah. on this planet? Yeah. But then what are we here together? Yes. What are we really on a deep working sense? out? Yeah. yeah together. Yeah. Mm. And then when you create that, you create kind of the structure, the environment where this child can thrive. Mm. Mm. And, and it's a flip because so often, and this is right, because when this baby comes, yes, it's all about them. It's all about them. <laughs> yeah. At some point you have to go, the greatest Take gift I can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the greatest gift I can give to this child yes. is to also live my life Gifted and then me. live the myth, live yes. our relationship, yeah. what we're really here to do. Yeah. That's yeah. the greatest gift. And I think what I see often when I'm working with women that are, you know, postnatal and it's something that I've really thought about and it's really made me think about what you were just saying is that I often say to the woman, you know, you come first, then your relationship and then your child is third and they go, no, it's not that way. And I'm like, yes. let's just think about that if, the, if you're filling your cup, you're a happy being. Yes. You're radiating love. You can give love and you can receive it. And then you're able to give your partnership, your relationship, the love that they need. And then it's reciprocated. And then this baby is looking yes. at you both and feeling that energy of mom and yes. dad are safe. I'm safe. We're all yes. safe together. But yes. often, yes. you know, in this day and age, we're not really doing that. A woman, you know, you hear, I don't have time. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to go do self-care. I don't have time for a walk. And yes. and then you wonder, then I say to them, well, how's your children behaving? And, oh, you know, always playing up, always crying. My baby's always crying. Yes. And I'm just like, oh, you know, it's so hard when you see the stacking, you know, yes. too many things, too much expectation. Yeah. And, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they've probably never been good at putting themselves first. They've mm. never learned that, have they? Mm. So I think that's a really big thing before you get pregnant to yes. how do you put yourself first always. Because we probably yeah. haven't seen our own parents do that. And that's no, a big part never. of social, you know, conditioning as well, especially in this Western culture that we live in, that um we really don't have the tribe, the community like many other cultures do that honour and hold that space for for mothers. Um, I just remember my mother just always working and she was trying to do the best and her thing was like, I'm working so hard to provide for you. But then there wasn't actually that closeness of relationship in that way um, of a mother. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah. then I'm, I'm really now noticing things in myself in, uh, as the mother I am, I'm like, I need to work. I've got to provide all this stuff for my children. And it, yeah. it's so true. And it, it can be ancestral history and conditioning yeah. and beliefs and what 
you know, children learn through their subconscious mind up until the age of seven or eight. And so what am I doing for my children now? <laughs> but it's so, it's so hard though, especially in our Western culture, because like you said, Nicola, like you didn't have family. So, mm. and it is hard to ask for help. And there is such a stigma that being vulnerable is a sign of weakness. So when we go to these mothers groups, it's, well, I'll, I'll share all the good stuff because that yeah. makes me feel empowered because, yes, yeah. I had a shower today, but then you do hear other mothers going, oh, my baby slept through, and then that just comes in and you can't be vulnerable saying, I'm exhausted, I'm not sleeping, my, I, but I'm not willing to put my baby in the cot and let them cry it out because instinctively that doesn't work for me, whereas for others – they can easily do that. I don't know if it's easy or they express that. So yeah. there's a, there is a lot of um, different um, perspectives of that when you, especially socially in, in our Western culture, that mm. we try and show ourselves as being strong, but we're yeah. not supported to be vulnerable and actually really really kind of say what's going on with us and I think that also happens in a relationship as well it's being vulnerable with each other and saying I'm struggling I'm not I need your help can you give me some time and a lot of the time the partners probably don't even realize that that's what she needs but because she's not expressing it either yes Fully. And I love what you said around ancestral stuff. Mm -hmm. The um, We call this the undone work of the ancestors. Mm -hmm. There's kind of, you know, sometimes this is generations back. Yeah. Sometimes people are struggling with money because of the Great Depression. There was like yeah. this spirit in mm -hmm. the family system. But again, in this concept, oh, um, whatever. <laughs> in this way, <laughs> it's the undone you know the mother goes or you look at the mother and go I can't do that mm. how can I she never had time out she was yeah. always working and driving yeah. and it's actually maybe she never she needed this role a little bit that says what about me yeah and so if she hasn't done the work it's getting dreamt up even more strongly in you it's being called yeah. in you to yeah. do the work the mm -hmm. work that hasn't been done yeah. in that lineage yet yeah. And that's really exciting and healing. Mm. It's your work. It's time to do it. Yeah. Which I think was that's for me as well. Like my mother is still working. So when I had my babies, she yeah. wasn't available for me to be that Aww, that yeah. support either. And I, I'm I'm hope she I hope she never listens to this. But <laughs> you know, because I so again, when I reflect back and, and say like, you know, bringing the family and community, I'm like, I don't even feel, even though I had family close and around, there wasn't really that support. My mum would be there when she could and I love her for that. Um, yeah. But, you know, my, God bless her, my mother-in-law was on the next flight up from Melbourne to come and stay with us as soon as I'd had my son and yeah. God bless her, but she does not cook. She does not clean. She wouldn't even change a nappy. She literally sat on my couch for 10 days and I, I was so annoyed at my husband for allowing her to come into this space for us in this 
such a precious time of the first week of our baby's life and I had to cater to her. You had another child. Mm -hmm. I did. Another responsibility, which is the last thing you need in that moment. Yeah. Your focus needed to be there. About you. She should have been there to be supporting you. Well, I would have hoped so and it just didn't turn out like that. You hear this a lot, don't you? Mm. It's just something that I hear when I'm coaching pregnant women is that they're saying, I'm really nervous because my husband isn't going to just tell them the in-laws that that that's not okay to come Mm. and I don't even know how to have that conversation with him and what if everybody wants to come and I'm having a struggle and what if I'm trying to breastfeed and I don't know how to do it and I'm and I I help them to set that boundary up before they go in but most women don't have that support to set those boundaries before they go in so what what's your thoughts on this? And this is where as a woman or a man, whatever, but you may be behaving a little bit too much. <laughs> meaning, yes, meaning going along with, yeah, the mother-in-law fa- come. The mother-in-law, the family system, <laughs> like the, the husband has never been able to stand up to mother because he's within the family system. Yep. And then you stand slightly out of the family system and you notice inside, my, inside yourself, it's like she's pissing me off. <laughs> I love her. She's gorgeous, but she's pissing me off. I don't want to be another mother to this older woman. And so you have to notice that inside yourself. It's getting dreamt up in you because he's not picking it up enough. And so knowing that, being aware of that, it's Mm. it's what we call an edge for him to stand up to mum. And so you can't do that. You can't do that. (laughs) But you need to kind of, there's an irritability in you and in some ways finding ways of sharing that and saying, you know, to hubby, it's like pissing me off. Yeah. That's standard. Yeah. You know, you're going to sit on the couch. She's not going to do anything. How is that going to help us? That's right. And the Mm. more he can pick that up, Mm. the more it relieves you. Because the thing that you want to be, you want to be more like her. You want to be more of the couch. More, yeah, look after me, care for me, and that's what it should be like. But it seems like it's just all about the baby, and again, it people come to see the baby, and not it's not about the mother. I find, yes, it's there's no nurturing of the mother. It's yes. bring pairs yeah. of presents for the baby, or we want to hold the baby. It's all about the baby whilst you're sitting there exhausted, yes, looking like death because you haven't <laughs> slept, and yeah. it's just about the baby. Brilliant. That's mm. genius. It's so true. And that's, I think, even as as the mother, not honoring our own process, our own needs. Mm you know that that role yeah and so as we start to acknowledge that yeah the um, as i as i as a man but (laughs) but it's good because it's awareness around that it was like when you said that shari it was like that's really true what you're saying and so we bring awareness to that and we bring awareness to that in ourselves ah I need to take better care of myself and as women and men, yeah, yeah. we need to really pick that role up more because yeah. it's not being picked up. The, and this is the flip, the flip of, ah, oh, it's all about the baby. Let's put the baby at the top of the pyramid. Let's make it all yes. about the child, him or her. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's why these conversations between parents or while they're pregnant, it needs to happen now and saying, okay, what's this first or this fourth trimester going to look like for us? And even though for what I do, I help parents prepare for birth, I'm really emphasising now that you can't like have the birth, you know, plan. I don't like calling a birth plan, but there needs to be a 
postpartum plan as well. And it's okay to set boundaries and you know what your family is like now. If you (laughs) feel that you're, you know, and to be able to even have conversations with them before you have the baby in saying, this is what I need from you when this baby arrives are you able to support me through this transition and through this time? And Mm. if you're not, that's okay, but I do need to then set my own boundaries with who I'm going to, you know, allow into our space whilst we are also birthing our our new selves. It is such a sacred time. I remember when our first son was was born Mm. and you and I, and mostly the process we did, it was nearly all us. It was just the two of us in there because of our experience (laughs) and then this baby arrives. And then I'm like, I have to go out and I have to inform the world. And there was this grating part in me. It's like, I don't care about the world right in this moment. I want this just to be so I could feel that pull. Mm. But also in, 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 traditional Chinese medicine but in all the traditions doing the month yeah the month where the mother-in-law comes around and brings food yeah not always I was hoping that would happen but exactly your chicken soups and your broth and the woman's not allowed to wash her hair or (laughs) put her hands in hot water because the joints are all open so for arthritis later on she was revered she was just the princess sitting in the bed with everyone running around cooking cleaning changing nappies allowing her to rest it is a really precious time and i've seen people who don't in some form do the month and for us that's all about rebuilding chi and blood and part of postnatal there's psychological aspect for us there's also a physical aspect where you have a blood deficiency and if there's not enough blood so sometimes that's iron but we also see it a little bit differently if there's Mm. a blood deficiency there's not enough blood nurturing the heart yeah that's where you'll see depression. So yeah. you bring in foods, warm, nourishing foods, soups, stews, broths, the yeah. build the chi, build the blood. Yeah. Women's precious pill, a classic herbal formula. So you're using mm. herbs that build you yeah. and you're resting for that month. Yes. You're taking time to sleeping not... Sleeping ex- when the baby's sleeping. Yes, not <laughs> expel chi, yeah. not get your body back, not start to build up to marathons. By all means, do marathons, but yeah. not for that month. If you give yourself that time, that sacred time to really build yourself it's so empowering yeah and I went to a really beautiful um women's it was a circle for a pregnant lady good friend of mine and it is hard for the woman to ask for what she wants to her beloveds and it was all women there but what she did was she talked to her friend and she kind of allowed the friend to take over the role of this is what she wants which made it so much easier for my girlfriend to not go, and from you I want this and from you I want that and I want chicken soup and I want you to come around and if you do come around I want you to pamper me. So she, it was a beautiful and it was done so beautifully and it was just like, you know, what are we all here to give to our beloved pregnant woman? And so every woman was prepped before they came into the circle to go, well, this is what I can give you. This is how I can be here for you. And it was just so nourishing and so, and the pregnant woman didn't have to actually sit there and ask. The girlfriend took over the role to go to her women friends. Okay, what can we do for this woman? And especially after she's had the baby, where can we be in her life and at what 
times can we be there for her? How is a community, can we group together to support her? And it was just done so beautifully and we all felt enriched and we all felt as a tribe. So I think that is the new baby shower, you know? Yes. It's not about baby clothes and the, oh, what's the baby going to be like? It's about the blooming birthing woman, you know? Bring that back to the circle of not the cupcakes and the, I mean, we still had great food and it was amazing. <laughs> we had a beautiful cake. But there was a real feel there of it's about the pregnant woman who is our sister um, and there was different generations and what can you bring through from your birthing experience and your four weeks after the birth to give to this woman. So if you've got a pregnant woman around you, ask the question to her as well. What? How can I be there for you? And I think sometimes the mum doesn't always know what that's going to look like, right? So, Hopefully. yeah, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. so that's when when you do coach, like like for all of us, we're coaching pregnant women. I said to a woman that birthed a beautiful baby in the Blue Mountains in an Airbnb. Anyway, it's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> so she she was talking to me about that, and I was saying to her, you know, what's your language? And it was acts of service, her, her love language. And so we sort of suggested what would it look like to have a baby shower, and she said, you know, what I'd love like to have a big kitchen and everyone making food for me for the other side so her baby shower was everyone coming together and they made like I don't know 30 40 meals on the day and then they all sat at the end and they all at this big dinner together and she came away with all this food and they also did a rotor well, they all popped in and did the washing, collected and did the ironing. And and she had like the whole of her fourth trimester completely catered for. It was the biggest gift. And she just said, I wish I could just tell everybody to do that. Oh, I it's love big. it. Yeah. Food is a really powerful Yeah, I'm gift. always telling people, don't take a cake, take a uh, mm. chicken broth. Yes. You know, freeze it down in little sachos so she can just unfreeze it and have it as a cup of tea um yeah building that blood yeah and that's really important as well sometimes you can't ask for what you need having someone outside of that that can facilitate which is what we all do facilitate that process of knowing what you need Mm -hmm. it's what we call sometimes you have an edge to what you actually need and you need a little bit of help you need a little coaching over that edge to get that yeah so yeah. the thing that really um, I always find first birth, you don't know what you're going into. So, you know, the outcome is, you know, it could be everything you want to if you plan it. What I love working with, who I love working with, are the women that are having the second and the third babies. Because that's when depletion really does kick in. And that often is where the relationship I see, relationships start to sort of separate slightly, is because I notice even with Anthony, who's an amazing father, he just said, oh, well, you kind of know what to do. So I'm all good. Yeah. And I had a very different baby second time, you know, baby that cried a lot, needed a lot of um, help settling. She literally couldn't like be off my chest the whole time. So I had a two and a half year old and a new baby and I'm very, you know, very separated from the world even more and very depleted because I was mm. also not cooking and doing things or asking for help still. So I often will see that that's the moment when a relationship's on that real edge of what's happening and the woman's thinking, well, you know what this is like, we've done this before, but yet you're further away from me than I, than I remember. And I, I hear it a lot. What's your thoughts on this? <laughs> There's something really interesting as well. I was just thinking about that. You know, the first child, everyone does come around. Yes. Because- 
because you're birthing your parent nature and Mm -hmm. but there is a little less with the second that's a role in our society that kind of says you know what you're doing yes you're on (laughs) but actually no not always really feeling in and sometimes actually I'm more busy now I've got this baby who's a little more difficult but I've also got this other one Mm -hmm. and how do I negotiate and work with that yeah and you know, a lot of this is picking up the part of you that says, this is really tough. This is really hard. Yeah. In some ways, Anthony was marginalizing the part that mm-hmm. said, you know, it was just trying to go as amazing and beautiful as, as he is. Yes. We all fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And there's that role that says, you're okay. Yes, You'll be fine. You know, you know what, what do. you're doing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. And sometimes, sometimes it's just, isn't it refreshing to sit with someone and just go, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's hard. Mm. You know, even sometimes your partner to sit there together and go, not that we're sinking, but just like it's yeah. tough in this moment. And it's kind of refreshing rather than someone just always going, no, it's easy and let's yeah. marginalize your experience yeah. rather than really noticing what is genuinely going on. Yeah, I agree. There's something that we don't really talk about too often either. It's still quite one of those taboo subjects is the postnatal depression in men. Yeah. The grief. The grief. I've seen it a lot lately in the work that I'm doing is that the men are really become a shell of themselves because they feel like they've really been left behind. Yeah. Big work. Exciting work. Yes. As a man and, and speaking to men. One of the greatest things I love that have kids, don't have kids, follow your process, whatever's right. But there is an opportunity of having a child for you really to grow. And we do grow through the difficulties as well. Mm. You know, some of the times, like none of us celebrate when it's hard because it is hard. But Mm. through that process, we do have the opportunity to grow. I think we grow more than when everything's easy. and of course, men are going to struggle with this because who marginalizes their feelings and experiences and what's going on for them more than a man? Yes. Mm. Oh, and it's really true. And also, I think part of that is who am I to experience everything? You know, who am I? Yes. My woman has yep. gone through labor yeah. Yeah. and birth and yeah. has to breastfeed. And so, yeah. my experience doesn't get picked up yeah yeah. and so i think sometimes with that for men finding other men as well to talk to so Mm -hmm. maybe your partner can't give you everything that you want at the moment can't give you the support can't be the person because they just can't no they're occupied and absorbed that's right and (laughs) so we have to find the tribe men have to come back sometimes to connecting with other men connecting in a sense to the brotherhood and I think a lot of that has been lost a lot of the time we're back Mm. to that whole idea of our entire tribe consists of like the three of us or four of us or five it's so small and it can't be held Mm. you can't just hold your your own suffering Mm. on your own Mm. it has to be shared it's why it's why you know when we're when we're working with people we get supervision because I don't want to always hold all that pain and the difficulties yes. myself. Mm. By sharing it, it allows me to get clarity. Yeah, let it um, go. If something's triggered me or mm. I'm having difficulties. 
but it also allows me not to carry that burden. Like someone picks up 50% of the burden. How good does that feel? Yeah. Yeah. Such a good topic. So um, I really want to sort of think about now, like how do you work with couples to help them to come together because you've got an amazing relationship program which I have bought and I love and we're working through it now together which is just so beautiful but just maybe explain to listeners you know how they can even bring it up because often for a a woman they won't even talk about that word of should we do some work together because they feel like a lot of men will meet that with a resistance because they're like well we're not broken we don't need to fix it And it's not necessarily about being broken, is it? It's about growing together and moving forward. Mm. We're here to discover who we really are and the relationship holds the potential to help us to do that. Mm. We fall in love with with parts of ourselves. If we don't pick this up, and this is part of the exercises in the in the relationship course, yeah. if we don't pick up what we fell in love with, it actually harms the relationship. Mm-hmm. And we have to know. And when a, when a child comes in to the relationship, the signals amplify, things become bigger. There's also yeah. hormones. Mm. Women understand amplification of hormones because yeah. they get cycles yeah. throughout the month. They <laughs> marginalise things until things come up. Yep. It's a curse and a blessing. Like men often just drop dead because they've never, they've just bottled everything down. Yeah. They haven't had that release valve, yeah. you know, Heart like, done. <laughs> <laughs> and... And so exploring your relationship, if there's stuff going on, you're here to grow in this relationship. If you grow Mm. together, Mm. who knows where the hell you can go? It's extraordinary. Mm. Everything is available to you. Everything is available to you inside yourself and inside the relationship. What Mm. the hell does love want from you? Why did it bring you together? If two people, if you fell in love, there was something there for you. Yes. Something there for you to get. Mm. Maybe there comes a time when you've done it. It's done and it's over and it is time to go. Who knows? Mm. But generally it's not. Generally you haven't yet done that work. You yeah. missed, and this is why the, the the program, the start of it is really about what was the circumstances? What brought you together? Trying to understand what is it you're here to do and here to bring together. Mm. And so how do you encourage somebody who's struggling with that idea? I think yeah. we have to, you know, for men, and often it is men, women are doing the work. Yeah. Mostly, not always. Which also mostly. can be good if the w- woman just steps in and like I've, we've seen it with our course, the woman's bought it, the men's, man's not interested, but the woman starts to do the course and then next minute he sees this woman start to expand and bring different things into the relationship and then that kind of hooks him in to go, oh, what are you doing over there? <laughs> so it's kind of just a subtle thing that if you work on your inner world and yourself, then that'll either repel them, which may be the, you know, what's going on in the relationship, or it'll bring them closer. And usually it brings them closer. If there's that love and connection there, they will come along on the journey. So, and then oftentimes even 
when they don't come on on the journey, if you're doing the inner work, they will organically change. It's, we see it all the time, you know, it's like my husband won't come to therapy and blah, blah, blah. The woman comes in, does her work. And then next time, how, what, how's it going in the relationship? Yeah. Oh my goodness. He stopped doing this and he's doing this, you know, because it's, it's field theory. It's, mm. you know, if you can change the field and if you've got a partner that's connected to you and who's intuitive, well, they'll they'll change as well. I mean, mm. it's always great to have both of you in there doing the work, but that can be kind of a way that um, brings the man into seeing that, oh, it's not a scary way. Change isn't scary. This program isn't all about pointing the fingers at who's doing wrong. It's actually about what, a, yeah, what does love want? Mm. This is what we fell in love with. This is fun. Mm. This myth of ours is magic. It's it's who we are together mm. and for our, our children. Mm. You can change the relationship with one side. It'll yes. either solidify it, yeah. he or she will go and lock, yes. or they change because... Mm. The relationship is also held within you. So as you change, you facilitate change within the relationship. And another thing that I see often with women who are now empowered and, and doing amazing things, they don't want to be a nagger. <laughs> and it's like shamed upon. I don't want to be that nagging, you know, 1950s woman. But actually, not always, but really unfolding that. Sometimes that can be valuable. Not always, but yeah. sometimes it's like, this is what I need. Yes. Like really checking in. Was, it's it's not what, a nagger. You know, but you stop it's it. the critic that they're, that's stops there going, in, oh, yeah. my God, I'm a nagger. i got to stop that. My I, mother used to be like that. Yes. But really you're just going, this is what we need, you know. This is what I need. Mm. And you can't really ask for your own needs because you're shutting it down inside yourself. Mm. Or actually, I need you to come along on this journey with me. Yeah. When not broken yes or we are yes but this is exciting for me come along play with me it's going to be more fun mm. <laughs> i love this so much you could talk about this all day <laughs> so if um people are listening to this and they wanted to work with you how, how does that look like yeah, well, they can work in yeah. multiple. We, as acupuncturists, mm. we work all the way through. We particularly talk about the importance of the last four weeks yeah. um, of getting acupuncture or dropping into the other state. But we work with women all the way through morning sickness, yeah. Yeah. time out, dropping out of yeah. it, all yeah. of that. Yeah, body symptoms. Yep. Mm. We also coach in the clinic. Um, about any processes, any dreaming that's yeah. going on with you, unfolding what the hell's going on and, and <laughs> making a difference. Bring awareness. Life. Basically, we're working with awareness. What's yeah. wanting to really happen? So mm. you can do that in the clinic at Burley yep. or you can do that on Zoom as well. Yeah. And that's with couples or just by yourself. So. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope this even just stimulates some um, conversations with those of you listening um, to have a bit of a think and maybe sit down with your partner and talk about what being parents looks like to you, how it's going to change your relationship, but it doesn't have to be a bad change. It can be, you know, evolving together. Um, and it, the conversations just need to start. And that's where then if they want help, they can contact beautiful practitioners like yourself. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And we really appreciate your time this morning in coming in and sharing this. And I think we need to continue this conversation a lot more um, because yeah. it, more, more couples need to hear this. So thank you so much. Thank awesome. you Thanks, ladies. so much. Thank you. <laughs>
We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that it's helped you on your own journey. We would love it if you would subscribe and leave us a review. To learn more about our individual online or face-to-face courses or be mentored by us for your own birth, please see our show notes for the links to our programs.